Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Pat Bradley in the Zone is brought to you by River City Flooring. Bradley off the screen for three. Is he going to miss? He's been terrific in this first half. River City Flooring. The only thing better than their selection is their service. Visit RiverCityFlooringInc.com. RiverCityFlooringInc.com. Yeah. All right, let's uh, check in with the man. What's what's the word, Patrick Bradley? Boy, boy. Sorry for the delay, boys. How are we doing? Well, we're on a delay. We're on the road today. We're over at the Arkansas Sports Hall of Fame where your name is enshrined, along with a lot of other impressive folks from over the years. And we're talking high school football over here with some coaches and some players today. And so we're going to hang out over here for a while and – do the show, and uh, still with an eye on what's happening with the draft and summer league basketball and things of that nature. So, uh, Christian, give me a quick recap from last night. It was Anthony Black in action, is that right? Yeah, Anthony Black and Ricky Council both played. Uh, Anthony Black had 8.7 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals on 3 for 12 shooting. He had a really good first quarter, and then the rest of the game was kind of meh. And then Ricky Council, the fourth, had 9 points and 5 rebounds on 2 for 4 shooting. And they were both in losing efforts, although it's summer league, so that doesn't necessarily matter. Okay. There you go, Pat. So uh, what do you think of the guy? Have you got a chance to see anything from the guys in the early going here? Um, Well, obviously, I think with Anthony Black, he's probably going to be able to put out the best numbers. Um, The other thing, too, is, you know, what's interesting about the summer league is, you know, some of those guys he's playing with, are not going to be on the magic, you know, and, and he's going to be, he's going to have Paulo Bancaro to be able to to play with. So, you know, I know he's, well, I don't know how many turnovers did he have last night, Chris? I know he's had some high turnover games, but, um, and that's going to happen when him trying to figure out what they want from him, his role, and especially not being playing with, um, you know, the guys that, that are on that summer league team. You know, he he may have not known any of them. So, but he's still putting out some numbers, man. He actually had zero turnovers last night. Well, he's getting better. <laughs> he's getting better at Is that. that good? Um, yeah, that's pretty good considering you know, how much the basketball is, is in his hands. Um, but with Ricky Council, he's one of those guys that we talk about. Like he already has the non-negotiable. Six six. He's got the size. Super athletic, and I think what the what helped him last year was he came to Arkansas. Everybody thought he was basically just a, uh, an athletic guy who's going to attack the basket. But he showed that he can be on the ball. He showed he come off ball screen, um, make good decisions, make some shots. So um, I think he's going to stick around in the NBA for a while because he's got that non-negotiable of being able to defend, rebound, super athletic, finish at the rim. Um, you know, he's got, the, he's got the tough part figured out already, and that's the athlete part. That's the, that's the part that, um, you know, keeps so many people out of, out of the league, really. You know, hey, Pat. Yep. Hello? I got to yes, tell you, you know, I, I know we will talk a little hoops, 
But um, I know you'd be excited to know that I visited the Guggenheim. And I was thinking of you because um, you know who did the addition to the Guggenheim. Who did the addition to the Guggenheim? George Costanza. George Costanza. <laughs> was it, was it so impressive? Only... Did you learn so much? Yeah, you know what I did? <laughs> I walked right in to the lobby, went straight to the gift shop. Um, I bought a T-shirt that said Guggenheim. Mm-hmm. And um, like a couple of prints. And then I left. And I didn't well, see one painting of the Guggenheim. But I had to say man, that I went there. I just had to tell you that before we're Listen, that, that was Art Vandalay's greatest work, Pat. There's no question about it. <laughs> um, let me get your thoughts on Pat, Fitz, Pat Fitzgerald, the situation in Northwestern. We debated it a little bit this morning, and some people weighed in. Um, yeah. And I guess the general consensus from our show was um that they've handled the investigation poorly because they've had six or seven months to delve into this and then they gave their recommendation after reading the findings of an independent um investigator and then they give them a two-week suspension and then a little story comes out in the student newspaper and they decide now nah, we're going to fire him so to me pretty weak administration effort if nothing else and he's obviously defending himself uh, by the way i got a little bit from him his statement he says, last Friday, Northwestern and I came to a mutual agreement regarding the appropriate resolution following the thorough investigation conducted by Ms. Hickey. This agreement stipulated a two-week suspension. Therefore, I was surprised when I learned that the president of Northwestern unilaterally revoked our agreement without any prior notification and subsequently terminated my employment. That is pretty weak if they didn't reach out to him and give him a heads up. Hey, look, bro, uh, in hindsight, we gotta we got to do something Change else. your mind. So, yeah. Um, anyway, so he has obviously hired an attorney. When you read the stories, and I'm sure you've touched on them or, or, or seen them in there, yeah. Um, and you know you've been in a locker room in, in several different settings. What would you think initially, and then also, uh, what do you think would have been an appropriate action with Coach Fitzgerald? Well, so for the locker room thing, you know, the, the discussion was. I talked with somebody, and they said, "How could they? You know, how how could those players be pressured into doing something like that?" and you know, I would never do that. And, and the reality is, you know, you have a, a locker room, especially one as big as a football locker room. You, you have a locker room where you're going to have a group of, there's going to be what? What is there, psychopaths? Is it like one in five people are psychopaths? Is that what the numbers are? So you're going to think about five of them on a football. <laughs> buzz, right? So you're going to think in a football locker room, you, you, you've got, you've got a, at least four or five of them who are going to try to prey on other players. And so, and then you have the group that doesn't want to be preyed on, so they join that group. Like I said, I said this the other day, like they weren't hazing the five-star running back. Because that dude would have been like, what? But, uh, you know, you better take that somewhere else. They weren't hazing the, you know, the, the, the top quarterback. It was, Unfortunately, the weaker one, and that's probably why it hasn't, you know, it, it never really took so long for it to get out. Um, I think he absolutely knew, but the problem with it is he probably didn't know the extent of it, but that in therein lies the problem. It's like you're, you're allowing probably the, the, 
crazier ones run the locker room. And it's sort of, you know, just that's, that's human. That's how human beings are. So, I mean, coaches have to understand, you know, you got to have a healthy locker room. You know, you, your leaders have to be, you know, they can't be the guys that are trying to embarrass or doing stuff like that to players. You know, you can, you can have some, you know, honest fun, right? I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think they took it too far for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think I've talked to enough coaches over the years, and the best locker rooms are the ones that are, or the best teams are the ones that are student-led or player-led, rather, um, than where the coaches' voices have to always be heard to get things done. But, yeah, obviously there's a line that you don't want to cross there, Pat. So, you know, um, holding each other accountable, disciplining each other, and then that area where it comes into hazing, you know, obviously that's a line you got to make very uh, a clear delineation, I suppose, and it's difficult to do at times, but... Anyway, no, it is. Unfortunately, I don't think Pat Fitzgerald's a bad guy. No, I don't either. But you know, it's just—I suppose it'd be like you know, raising a kid. Like you gotta, you have to keep an eye on like what they're doing, but you don't want to be a helicopter parent. You know, I mean, you gotta. I guess you know that—that that was one of the issues I, I remember hearing about Florida football. Um, you know, they, it was. That's essentially what what led to, you know, unfortunately, Will Muschamp, you know, the kind of players that he inherited from Herb were guys that the way they handled things just destroyed the locker room, the players, and they couldn't never get a grip on it. So it wasn't a healthy locker room. And it sounds like maybe Northwestern's was not a healthy locker room either. Is what, you know what I'm saying? Um, so, But a lot. Yeah, again, a lot of guys it, have come out and defended it, him too. So I mean, again, it may have been, uh, it may have been just a few. I don't know. I mean, um, but I guess you know, the question is, did he know, and how much did he know? And I mean, the, the report indicated that he didn't know anything. Or, um, I don't know. It's it is it's just, it's hard to believe in this day and age that that something could have gone on that long and he didn't have any clue about it. And then you still say, okay, right. well, even if he didn't, he should have. Yeah, and and I think there's all. I mean, there is. Certainly, I would say especially football, but you know I'm sure other sports too. Like you go, you have to go through certain things to to bond in the unity of a team. That's why you know these coaches will take, you know, do like the, uh, you know, the camp. Maybe they'll have their kids do like a two week with a you know military guy waking up at six a.m. and you know that's sort of the team bonding thing. But, you know, there are other things that just get taken too far. And, uh, I, I mean, I'm probably, like, if, if put yourself in a situation. If, if they, you know, if you, some older players demanded that you did what was, was shown there, I mean, I don't know. How would, how would any of us act? Would we, I mean, would, would you guys do it? I mean, are you talking about following the hazing? Like, would you accept it? Right, right. Wouldn't? Yeah. No, I think. I think. Like I said, I mean, I, I talked about it yesterday on the air. I mean, I first of all, I, I read through it, and I mean, I hate to say it, but like, you know, 
stuff like that used to go on. So, again, I think in today's world yeah. you just can't get away with the things you used to. And, I mean, there are certain types of things like that where you're giving guys a hard time and you sort of make them earn their way in um, that creates some yeah. camaraderie and guys feel like they've they've sort of earned their spot. But some of the stuff obviously is nonsense mm-hmm. too, a lot of it. But I would hope I would be strong enough to say, guys, I'm all about being a part of the team, but there's some there's a line and we're we're going over the line. Yeah. As a you know, as a young guy it's it's hard it's, to do. Yeah, that. eighteen, nineteen years. You want to be accepted. You can if ever the guys have gone through that over the years, I mean it's just something Or you to be the person to say, guys, okay, I know we did it, but this is this is too far. We need to stop this. Yeah. There's so other ways though, that we can. In in the article, the way I read it was that if there was a player, typically I'm assuming freshman, who screwed up or made a mistake, they would do like that a certain clapping sound above the player's head that would add them to the list. So it was almost sort of a punishment too. It was like whoever screwed up went on that list to be quote unquote hazed. Um, so, you know, which again brings me back to it was probably the players who were weaker physically and weaker mentally. If, if they're the ones that, you know, make a mistake to have to then be put on that list to have to go through all that. So, and again, it's, it's most likely the players that don't play a lot, probably not going to say anything. Probably would just prefer transfer or quitting. Probably won't make it four years anyway. So, you know, there's that dynamic of it, too, which you're right. Yeah, I mean, that kind of stuff definitely has gone on, you know, back in the day. Never really happened to me, but um, and I think basketball is probably a little bit different, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Pat, I wanted to ask you about the uh, your thoughts on the midseason NBA tournament. Uh, it doesn't feel right. It does not feel right. I'm sorry. I just don't. The way they're selling it, um, it doesn't seem to me that these players are going to be excited to win the NBA Cup. It feels like they're trying to do take something from Europe, which is fine, but I just don't understand why we've got to always change things. Like, why do we always get to change things? I was watching the Home Run Derby last night. And I get the time part of it, whatever. But then I went back and watched. I love watching the Josh Hamilton one. And mm-hmm. at that time, it was, you know, number of outs. Yep. There was no time limit. And it was the coolest thing because he just kept hit, setting and hit, and hit, and hit. Um, and it was just like Yankee Stadium was just, I mean, they were about to explode. Um, so there was no time limit. It was like, just let this dude go. And I think, to me, the two greatest is the little soapbox tangent. The two greatest events um, that can never be touched is the home run derby in the three-point contest because it's the most simple of contests out there. Now, you could say maybe darts or something. I don't know. But because all it's about get up there and hit it over the wall. And then with get up there and you just got to make the shot. Now, I know it's timed with, with basketball and the three-point contest, but I just think, um, why do we get to change it? The, the in-cup tournament or the in, in, NBA tournament, I can't buy into it. Yeah. Um, 
just doesn't feel right. I don't know how you guys. Where did you guys land on it? I don't like it either. I don't. I didn't like the playing game. The guys talked me into it, and I like the old home run derby format better. I agree with you 100. percent You know, you got 10 outs, and I liked it the old format better. I think sometimes simple is better. It's easier to follow. The three point contest hasn't been jacked with, and I think it's perfect the way it is too. I'm with you, Christian. Do you like this tournament thing? Um, sort of. I mean, the thing is, there's no downside to it. It just counts as a regular season game, and for the teams that make the championship game, they play an 83rd game. So, really, there's no downside. It's just basketball. It's just a way to try to drive up some sort of interest for regular season basketball. I don't think it'll matter. Because I think yeah. people like you love it. And yeah, like that's me, the thing. Who yeah. don't pay real close attention to all the regular season games. And it's, guys, uh, it could be, this is in December, right? Right. It's after the college football championships, kind of that break in between. Um, Bowl season. I, I think that's brilliant because, okay, for me, example, brilliant. I don't get into the NBA until May, June, the nitty gritty, you know, come to the end of the regular season, then the playoffs. Mm-hmm. This may attract me in December to watch. It won't. What else am I going to watch in de- <laughs> mid December? Why aren't you watching NBA games generally? It's not going to change anything. Because it doesn't matter. These games don't matter either. They're just regular season games. Somebody's going to take home five hundred thousand dollars a player. You're not. That doesn't matter you to don't you care. though. It doesn't make any difference to you. It might, unless I'm just you're saying, not. You're not going to okay. care. I'll bet you a hundred dollars. Actually, I'll bet you another nine pack. You're not going to care any more than you normally do. You're going to well, watch for, just as much NBA. For a nine pack, I will. Yeah. Well, I mean, you just buy anything for a nine pack of beers. But no, I mean, I just I don't think it's going to create any. If you're a diehard like Chris and you watch as many regular season games as you can possibly get your eyeballs on. That's fine, but for most of us, it's like if it's on, I'll watch it. If it's a team I like or a yeah. player I like, but like I don't, it's not appointment TV until late in the regular season in the playoffs. Playoffs. You're probably right. Yeah. And, and, Woo, and mark it down, the Christian. Too, mark the tape. The, the the other side of it too is like, I just I don't know how you feel about like you said the championship. Like I'm not saying it's going to take away from the championship, but I almost feel like it's. Like, how can you celebrate something before the championship happens? I guess, you know, you do it in, in some ways in college with a league championship, I guess, conference championship. Right. And that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't – I mean, I can just hear the jokes. You can just hear the jokes right in themselves. Like, mm-hmm. wow, what do you do? You won the NBA Cup, but who won the championship? I mean, does, does the yeah. NBA think that's going to damage think- the – I don't think it'll be something you know? that's celebrated heavily right. at all. Right. It's something yeah. to talk about, you know, amongst the NBA people. It's that. Yeah, no, I mean, it's fine. I, here's my thing. I don't think there's a lot of downside. It's not like there's any upside whatsoever, so whatever. We'll still <laughs> roll the dice. Maybe. Sure. Maybe I just it don't takes think, off. Again, it's just, I don't think it's necessary. I, I, look, I, I, I like Wait. the idea of the play-in. The, the, you guys got me talked into the playoff thing at the end. It does create a little extra interest at the end. We're putting, you know, teams can play their way into the, the postseason. That's cool, but, yeah, this just seems unnecessary. I uh, am glad they didn't make it some sort of thing that did actually matter too much, whereas, like, if the winner yeah. got, like, an automatic bid into the playoffs or something, I think that would yeah. be stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. That'd be yeah. – boy, that would be just making a mockery of it. Yeah, not only did they not make it matter too much, they made it matter not at all. Way to go, guys. Does the, does the um does the Major League Baseball still do whoever wins the World Series post? No. I mean whoever wins the No, they All-Star got rid of that a few years ago, which was smart. That was stupid. 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was that was janky. That, that that's still one of my favorite rants of all time, Christian. If you can pull that up, since it's All Star Game Day, I think it'd be a good day to cue it from uh, the former Dodgers broadcaster, our favorite favorite Vin? ginger of all time, Pat. Yeah, yeah. Vince Scully. Uh, talking oh, about yeah. the All Star Game. It is one of the all time great. It's like it's like a velvet hammer, um, passive aggressive rant hmm. against the concept of the All Star Game determining home field advantage in the World Series, <laughs> and it's so good because he's him. I love it, Christian. If you can find it real quick, we can play. It, then we can let Pat go. We can let Pat go either way, though. But PB, I, appreciate I, appreciate the time, and uh, thanks to River City Flooring. We appreciate them as well. Appreciate River City. Have fun at the um, Arkansas Sports Hall of Fame, boys. Buddy, we are. I'm going to go find your bust or your picture or whatever you got in here, and I will uh, get pictures of it. You've always had a great bust, Pat. I've, I've often said that. Hey, give it a good spit shine for me, will you? Buddy, you know I will. You know I will. You're going to look you, sharp. Buddy. I'll send you a picture. You. All right. All I'll right. get a picture Thank with you. it. What wing are you in, anyway? Is what there wing? a sharpshooter wing? Yeah, which wing are the I don't know. Uh, That's a good question. Remember the commercial? Yeah, remember the commercial we oh. shot there? Yeah, maybe I'll check the men's room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the clip, uh, by the way, buddy. if we want to play it. Pat, little Vince Scully for you on the way out. Don't leave us yet. Go for it. Do you right, think I'll the All-Star it. game should determine home field advantage for the World Series? 77% of you said yes. you realize what you voted for? you realize you are taking an exhibition game and determining the home field advantage for the crown jewel of all of baseball, the World Series? 70? Listen, you want to call in and cancel your vote? <laughs> no. I, all right, be stubborn. I love it. So good. All right, PB. Love you, buddy. Talk to you next week. Love you, boys.